Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk to a Second Amendment advocate and a fellow podcast host and review new gear. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show kicking without the big man across the table. Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right. A uh, little, uh, little off on my voice, but man, you sound like you got choked out by somebody practicing jujitsu or something. <laughs> it's like you know the story, man. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, man. I I had a uh, a good night. I I did some good stuff in jujitsu, but it ultimately resulted in. Um, me taking a rear naked choke um and it Wait, was there's naked chokes in jujitsu i knew you were gonna say that i knew it i'm telling sore I, throat I, and I, naked is not a good i <laughs> <laughs> i did not want to do jujitsu because i thought i would just have to be sweating all over somebody but now i gotta sweat over somebody naked that would give you a great advantage like <laughs> like a slick pig i'd be slippery yes you would <laughs> That's a, that's a real that's a real thing by the way man like once you get going like it's like sweaty it's like it can get like a little hard to do the moves you need to do it's uh, gross yeah anyway um so how you been otherwise otherwise I'm uh, I'm always good man you know I don't really complain too much especially on this show it's never never I'm always having fun when I'm here so yeah for sure man for sure so hopefully the audience can deal with uh, you and I sounding like absolute dog shit and uh yeah well you made me a nice little drink here that uh is warm and has a little bit of alcohol in it so i'm enjoying that hot toddy baby all right so let's talk about uh what are some ways that people can support the show um by the way i want to thank all the people that joined our uh email list it is growing and i really do appreciate you guys doing yeah, that so thank you yeah go on to thegunexperiment.com join our mailing list it'll pop right up it's also at the bottom of the first can page. they put like a note in there when they sign up I don't know. That's a good question. If you, we should check that because if yeah. we can, I would like people to say, "Are they signing up because of you or me?" Oh come on! You make this competition. <laughs> I just got choked out. You're gonna make make a competition. I can't help myself. I'm a competitive person. <laughs> uh, another way they can help support us is head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review and a comment. That's super helpful. Of course, we're gonna read those on the air. And finally, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not gonna lie; Instagram is definitely where I spend most of my attention. But uh, if you do that, you know, drop me a DM and uh, say hey, whatever. I always respond. But uh, that's you know just some ways we can kind of stay connected, guys. Uh, Mike, I also uh, wanted to talk a little bit about you left these in my uh, workstation on the in the studio, and uh, they are these really cool new hologram stickers uh from uh that say the gun experiment with our logo on them and we have a few of these to give away yeah for sure man absolutely how are we gonna do this i think you know uh in spirit of me being totally against social media we'll use social media to give them away <laughs> i love it so uh we'll uh what we do that instagram thing yeah and, so let's uh, let's just let's do this let's just if you want a sticker they're free i will i will pay the postage oh that's nice of you uh just dm me on instagram and just say I want a sticker. Just follow me on Instagram. DM me. Say I want a sticker, and I'll respond and say, "Cool. You seem like a cool guy or girl." They're, and they're very high quality. I said you gave me one uh, last night. I already put it on my workbench, and uh, I think you know they could go on all kinds of things, like your laptop or yep. your book bag. They're, they're on my water bottle, and like they never like they don't come off. They're solid. Yeah, so. and they got a cool little hologram feature. They kind of you know yeah, I like them. All right, so guys, 
that's how you're going to get them. Just uh, DM us, follow us, DM us on Instagram, and we'll be cool. We'll send one out to you, and that'll be that. And then finally, before we get into the show here, um, let's talk about our show sponsor. So we are sponsored by Resurgent Arms, and Will just sent Keith and I a couple of new safeties, the Gen 3 safeties. I love those extended safeties. Yeah, well, and these are just like a little bit slicker. They're they're just a yes. slight bit smaller. We'll do a review on these yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and he also has new handguards coming out. I think he's coming out. Keith, I got to show you a picture. I think he's coming out with a skeletonized uh, carbon fiber handguard. It is sick. Yeah, that that's going to be really cool. Yeah. So anyway, uh, go over to resurgentarms.com. You get 12% off with our discount code GUNEXPERIMENT12. You know, and we should mention, they, they don't just sell New York and California compliant parts. You know, you could put these, these are just regular safeties that you could just upgrade. They look cool. They got different colors. They're, that safety will be on every build that I do. They're sure. very they're very functional. And are, you, you're not going to live in New York forever, so you won't have to build a New York compliant. Exactly. Yeah. You ready to do this? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, so our guest tonight is a United States Marine Corps veteran and a Second Amendment advocate, a firearms trainer, and podcast host. Please welcome Tony Simon to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me on, guys. Of course. Tony, it is always good when the guest is laughing after we introduce them. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny um, because my, my partner that I started the podcast with was my hype man, and it was hilarious if you listen to some of our early shows. He just hyped <laughs> me in. So that was pretty cool. So what's going on? Uh, nothing, man. I'm, it's a pleasure to have you on. We actually, I actually uh, got your the connection with you. Uh, we had Rob Pincus on the show, and um, I said, do you know anybody that would like to do the show? And he, he mentioned you, and I've, uh, I've definitely followed some of the stuff that you do. And I will say this, man. You have a silky smooth voice, unlike Keith and I right now. <laughs> yeah, um, who knew? Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say what I had to say and uh, people like the way I sound and now it kind of makes me self-conscious because now you get hung up on what you sound like or, uh, or I don't take myself that repeat. serious when you when you first heard your voice recorded when you started podcasting did you not like your voice I hate mine I didn't it just it really didn't make a difference it, it's really weird because like Reverend Ken Blanchard on the black man with a gun podcast Mm -hmm. Like, I think his voice is awesome. And when you meet him, you hear that voice. It's like, <laughs> dang, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, trying not to fangirl out. But I'm like, do I sound like I sound on the podcast? Do people say that about me? I have no idea. So I know I know <laughs> a guy who does a lot of voiceover work. And I once mm -hmm. said to him, like, man, my voice, I hate hearing it. This is in the beginning. Now, like, after a while, I kind of get used to it. it. Yeah. But he said, the thing is, he goes, when you hear your own voice, you're hearing it so close to your own ear and it's traveling through like your ocular cavity that you're not hearing it the same way as everybody else. So when you hear it on a recording, you're hearing it the way everyone else does. And you're like, shit, that's not me, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but listen, I want to, I want to get this thing cracking here. I, before we do anything, leave it to me to derail it before yeah, we get started. Before we do anything, I want to thank you for your service. Um, you know, I think, uh, it goes without saying that, you know, we, people like you that served our country deserve a a big uh, debt of gratitude. And I just want to say thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Tony, did, um, did you grow up around firearms or is was it the military where you first got it, got introduced to them? Oh no. I grew up in Southern Virginia. Um, I was around firearms. You were born with life. one. Yeah, pretty much. And, and it's funny because people look at me like, you mean when you grew up in the hood, I'm like, I, I didn't grow up. In the hood. I, grew <laughs> up on a, I grew up on a tobacco farm and, huh. 
farm environment, whatever, um, in the country. So firearms were way of life. It was nothing unusual. Uh, high school, pretty much first day of deer season, there was no one in the no. school yeah. because everyone went hunting. Uh, shotguns in the back window of trucks was a thing. Yep. Um, that's how I grew up. So what was your first, do you remember your first experience with them? Like, like personally when you, your first time you ever shot a gun? I remember maybe shooting my uncle's 22. Uh, it might've been like uh, model 60 Marlin. Mm-hmm. I remember it was two fed and semi-automatic and had a trigger that had to be ounces because <laughs> <laughs> wow. it darn near fired fully automatic. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Did he, what did you just shoot it like targets or. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It was just you shoot it uh, uh, cans, yeah, things like too. that, and and small targets because almost everyone in my family could shoot like very accurately, hmm. like fruit off a tree shooting kind of thing. Wow, yeah, that's some it's history right there. My my grandfather started me with like he would throw a coffee can in the air and mm-hmm. like I'd shoot it with a shotgun. Actually, wow. believe it or not, it was like probably probably one of my first. Uh, yeah, that's why you love shotguns so much. It really could be. Yeah, yeah. Could I be. mean. Yeah, shotgun definitely grew up with. Everyone had a shotgun. Everyone had a twenty two. Yeah, my yeah. Well, my first was a twenty two. Was my first that Magnum that I had that twenty two Magnum. Yeah. But Tony, you mentioned hunting. Are you a hunter or did you? Still not hunt? at all. No, not at all. I really want to get into it. Yeah, I really do. Just to see if I ever want to do it, or maybe it would just to me not be that thing. Yeah, you definitely should, you definitely should do. It. Yeah. So I, I've hunted with my dad my whole life, but truthfully, I was a terrible hunter. And when I say that, part of it was just going about hunting all wrong and this last year i i stumbled onto some property that is really a it's an oasis is what it is and i got my first deer i really i said to my wife i I looked at her and i said i'm going to get a deer this year (laughs) and she's like i believe you she's like i could i could see it you know and i first day uh, opening day uh gun i went out and I was all prepped, ready, and the, I woke up that morning with the tr- with the trots. wasn't feeling nice. good. And I said to my father, I said, if it's brown, it's down. I said, I am not going to be in these woods long. And true to my word, I was out of the woods within a half hour. But um, my point of all this is... That sounds def- like cheating. <laughs> you definitely should do it because it, it, there is some real joy in putting food on the table that you <clears throat> procured. Yeah, that's what I think. And also, I mean, it's a skill set, right? Oh, one hundred percent. I agree. And there's levels to it. And of course, I always appreciated nature. So, I mean, you know, being from the country, yeah, walking out in the woods, going places. Um, it was just outdoors is what we did because my mom would throw us out of the house and go, "Yeah, you're not watching TV all day. Get out." Yeah. <laughs> that's what we did. So, yep. and. Growing up around firearms, it also, I didn't, one of the reasons I didn't hunt was because back in the day, they were really unsafe. I mean, you know, we were 14, 15, our parents, friends' parents would allow them to go hunt with no parental supervision. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so you, you, you grow up around guns, and then you go into the military, and then now you're like a full-on advocate. Like, how did that happen? How did you make it, that transition to? <laughs> it was a crooked road. <laughs> um, I never even intended to do any of this. Um, in high school, I was on the school air rifle team. And to be part of that team, you had to join the NRA um, because you had to be an NRA member. That's how a lot of schools work. And I started getting the uh, American Rifleman magazine. But by then, I'd already been reading anything that was written down. So I was totally in the guns. I was a kid that could name every firearm um, on television and in movies, like all of them. Um, my mom would allow us to 
my mom had it hard because she had no babysitter for my brother and I. So she would drop us off during the summers at the local library from the time she went to work till she got off. So we would be at the library eight straight hours a day, every day of the summer. Um, that's got me into reading a lot. And she allowed us to go to thrift shops and buy any magazine we wanted as long as we read and shut up. So <laughs> wow. it was all the soldier of fortune, American survival. Sure. And I, I read them well. Oh yeah. I read them till the pages fell apart. Um, pretty much they were trashed by the time I was done. I could buy the used comic books. So there was the Punisher, Punisher's Armory, just all of that. That's what I grew up doing. Join the Corps and, and just like the military, you know, you're a gun guy. So obviously I became a computer programmer <laughs> and, <laughs> and was stationed in Japan for two years. But you became a school. computer programmer because you read so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a computer programmer because I joined at 17 and my mom said she wasn't going to sign anything didn't have an outside uh, uh, a civilian application. Oh, smart okay. mom. That was smart, smart mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, your mom's two for two. Putting you at oh, the yeah. library to read and uh, <laughs> making you pick a good thing uh, in, the, in the armed forces. Good kid. for mom. Yeah, so I got out of the military and um, that had no firearms outside of, you know, what we shot, um, range, you know, qualification, things like that. But I always went to the gun shops. You know, with my face behind the glass, just <laughs> fingerprints and nose prints all over it. I found, you know, all the cool guns in the early 90s that were in gun shops at the time. But I never pulled the trigger um, because the rules in the court at the time was if you purchased a firearm and you lived in the barracks, you had to leave your gun locked up in the armory. Mm. And those savages would take your gun to the range and shoot the hell out of it oh. and bring it back. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. They talked about it all the time. And I'm like, I'm not buying a firearm for these dudes to go break on the range <laughs> yeah. and put it back. No, exactly. So when I got out, I purchased my first firearm. Um, <laughs> the gun shopping was, I, I want a handgun. I, I want a handgun to carry for protection because I was going to move to New Jersey and work for my father's company. So I went to the gun store. I still remember it. Richmond, Virginia, Southern Gun World. They're still there. And uh, tried out the new newfangled handguns and uh first one was a glock 17 it was ridiculous the grip angle was stupid and i didn't buy it after firing like 50 rounds through it i just couldn't get comfortable with it so i picked up a beretta 92 that trigger pull was a mile and a half and i didn't like it i picked up a 226 sig 226 had a double action single action trigger pull couldn't figure out how to aim with two different trigger pulls so i bought a 1911 (laughs) went right in Mm-hmm. Good for you. I trained with that in the Corps. I trained on that in the Marine Corps, so I figured, you know, like any stupid veteran that has no idea what he's doing, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's what I did. And then uh, I bought a Mosin Agat, uh, Enfield 30-06, and another Mosin Agat, and then I moved to Jersey. Obviously, I, I know if anyone that looks you up, one of the things that you're super passionate about, and we're going to talk about this, is your diversity shoot, mm-hmm. Right. So before we get to that, because we are going to talk about it, but if you look at the numbers, we are seeing a change in the demographics of gun ownership, right? More women, minorities, et cetera. Why do you think that is? It's funny because I think a lot of people woke up 2015, 2016, and then it only accelerated uh, with the Trump administration because they were pushing this divisiveness and a lot of Americans broke in, bought into it that everybody hates you. Um, 
that America is the most racist it's ever been, which makes me laugh out loud. And uh, fear. They pushed fear. They still are. Pushed fear. Oh, yeah, they haven't stopped. They only ratcheted it up. Yeah. And as anybody who was alive after 9-11, I mean, you know, who's an adult or even even a teen, you watched America come together. Yep. Yeah, I say it all oh, the time. I agree. I, I always say nine, you know, 9-11 last was... Last time. Last yeah, time. Agreed. Yeah, they, they brought us together. I still think we were together when Obama was elected. Uh, you know, I don't people. disagree with that. And initially. I think right initially. after that. Initially. Yep. And then after that, I mean, I can almost come up with a date. It was that beer garden summit uh, mm-hmm. that Obama had when he said the police were stupid and racist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not something the president should say. I mean, right. And especially when it wasn't proven. Now, my regular job is a locksmith. Okay. Um, you roll up on people all the time that are locked out of their home without their ID, going for a jog, walk the dog, anything. So when the police questioned a man and asked him for his ID, it wasn't because of his skin color, or at least I assume it wasn't. It was because, well, who are you? <laughs> and how can you prove you live here? And they made it to a racist incident. And I think that, in my mind, is when the divisiveness became overt. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Tony. I always kind of feel like... Uh, I feel like Obama's administration, I agree with you with everything you're, you just said, but that sort of started the divide. And then Trump was a byproduct mm-hmm. of people feeling alienated. And that just furthered it because it put yep. us in, you say it all the time, Keith, it put us in two camps. Mm-hmm. You're either this camp or you're that camp. There's no, no more in between. No more middle. No more middle. Yep. You know, And as somebody who it was not entertained by Trump at all before he ever became president, I thought he was a jerk. But the policies were there that worked out for the country. I mean, right. and I don't like either party because you right. can't trust a political party. No, right? Yeah, there's the, ridiculous <clears throat> over over government over regulation. So let's bring this back. Let's let's go a little positivity yeah, let's get some here. Positivity. So, <laughs> so you pride yourself. You know, part of what you do is trying to help diversify gun ownership. So <laughs> I want to that talk, is positive. That is very positive. And Keith and I, I mean, you know, we are on record, literally on record. We believe everyone has the right to defend themselves. So you are right in our wheelhouse. You just recently did a diversity shoot as of the recording of this. Tell us about these events. These events uh, are put on to welcome people. Now, I know it's going to trigger some people who love to call other snowflakes, but I'm using these words (laughs) as what they were meant. Diversity. Diversity ideas. Diversity of viewpoint skin colors in their religion, sexual, all that. It, it's diversity. It's if they're pro, pro 2A, they're welcome. Well, sure. even if they're not pro 2A, they're welcome. That's because true. All right. What I'm trying fair. to do is have a conversation here. Have you A lot of people are anti-gun because their news network, their circle of friends, their family says they're supposed to be. So yeah. let's have a conversation. You can come to my place, and that's where inclusiveness comes in. Not the political word inclusive, but the real word. Can you tell us a story about um, an anti and you know anti gun person coming to your? your We've had uh, people that come in were anti gun and they wanted they 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 had the, of course the accusations of you guys don't care about children, um, you know we can save the children we can um, just the usual. Oh my so there God. was an agenda though there was an agenda. They there. had their agenda, but here's in my opinion the situation that I have. If you're willing to have a real conversation and not just hear casting aspersions, we can speak. You know, I do my event. I talk to people. I give them the information. You know, the latest thing that's going on that they need to do politically. 
I introduce them to two-way groups that are local. I have the two-way groups stand up and speak and give their spiel for a few minutes. And they're like, I'm here in the room. We can do this. Uh, lately, I started working with U.S. Law Shield. And my whole purpose is not to get you know a cut of the money, but to go, you need to know gun laws in New Jersey, and you need to know use of force. You, you need to know this is gun law. You can't allow you know your legal advice to come from the guy behind the gun behind the gun counter. So it's about information. It's about getting in touch with people and speaking with them one on one. So that's what we do at this event. And then we have pizza. We have prizes. You know, I tell jokes. We have a good time and get people to drop the walls. And then my volunteers go to the range, set up, and we go in. And each person gets a a guy in the port. They get to fire some rounds. And they get to go from port to port firing different guns the whole time. And that's what we do. And then I have another group in the classroom and we have a discussion and they swap out because I want to speak to people. So like, a, like a speed dating thing? Kind of like that. I want people to actually converse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony, are because, you, do you still live in Jersey? Yes. And do you do most of these in the Northeast? I do this uh, in Jersey and Pennsylvania. Oh. And uh, recently I just flew back from Omaha. Nebraska, where the Nebraska Firearms Association flew me out to do one there, okay. because they wanted to launch their diversity shoots out. No, there. it's great. We're just we're we're you know New York based, and you know we mm-hmm. always say you know quality content behind enemy lines, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know so it's kind of cool to talk to someone like like a neighbor. You know what I mean? That's it's rare. Oh, I was trying to go out to Rockland County. Oh, yeah. Out there, there's a range there. Uh, I've been speaking to the owners of that range. Dang, I wait, what's the name of the range? You remember we we. Uh, no, it's like an acronym or something like that. Husband and wife team run it. Oh, They're yeah, awesome. yeah. No, there's so many different. Yeah. Um, we, we, belong to, we belong to a local gun club. I mean, if you ever needed a spot, we might be able to, you know, secure some some property for you if you needed it. Well, we, what we do is contact the range or the range contacts us. And I go, hey, what's your slowest day? What's your slowest business day? And we plan it for that day. You know what I mean? So we're not taking a range away from paying customers. Sure. And we're putting butts in seats and allowing these people um, to have new customer bases. Hopefully, when we invite people from all over, so they can come and try out the new range and meet the people and meet their RSOs. And my goal is to have ranges understand that host Second Amendment grassroots organizations at their events, I mean, at their venues, increases their business. And if they're making money. They're happy to do this, and that's been the successful model that I've used since 2015. All, all the ammo and everything is included in, in the cost of the class? Mm-hmm. $20. Wow. That's, that's a, awesome. How many $20 rounds? $20 come there? out. Oops. What do you mean, how many rounds? How many did we put in the firearm? You're shooting, you're shooting from pretty much 7 until 9. Wow. If you choose. If we have to rotate people, if we have a lot of people, yeah, we're going to limit it. To, Tony, that's and, awesome. You know, we do the time split. Um, but yeah, no, you're having fun last night. Oh, excuse me. Well, my latest one, <laughs> we, uh, shot from about seven till eight forty-five when I had everyone pack it up and we fired everything from high points to, <laughs> um, very high end firearms to like SIGs that are all tricked out, CZs, race guns, wow. all that. Do you have like, a um, uh, people who are donating these guns or are they per- your personal like how how do you get these firearms to be able to do that that's awesome a lot of both uh, high point firearms have been really good to us that's great uh, and started donating years ago i have a personal relationship with the company after i bought my first gun 
And uh, <laughs> I did not know I was talking to the owner of the company. And uh, what's the name? Great American Outdoor Show that's mm-hmm. held in Harrisburg. Yep. Yes, been there. So I, I just written an uh, article, just written a review for the Firearms uh, Radio Network, Firearms Insider. And I was talking to him and I was telling him everything wrong with the high point pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's ugly, it's heavy, it's unwieldy, it's non ergonomic. And he's the owner. Yes, that's oh, and the magazine suck. He has to have given you a hug by now, right? Like, oh, he's looking at me like, okay, and I was like, but I like it for this reason. I purchased it just to work on my handgun marcher show, my handgun fundamentals. All right, so I, I, now that we're talking about, it, I, I mm-hmm. have to know what bet did you lose to have to take the picture for that Planet Love Tron shirt. <laughs> wait can we explain what it is first can you well, explain? all right let tony you should explain what it is first but then i want to know what bet you lost <laughs> okay so the planet love tron shirt <clears throat> nra indianapolis a lot of work right i'm at nra show this is a, a chance for me to walk around to every firearms manufacturer do my elevator speech give them a business card it's 12 and a half acres over a five day period of time. now well one of my hashtags is Hashtag pound for pound, the largest firearms instructor in America and the largest gun bunny in America. I love, so when, you say I love when you say that, man. <laughs> Listen, Big Keith, you know, I'm, I'm losing some weight. I'm down 100 pounds in a year, but you are, you're, I was, I was like your size, my friend. Yeah, you know, 6'2", 500, that's where I'm at. Or was that? I've lost uh, 70 pounds uh, in the last, I don't know, Well, four good months. for you. Keep it up, buddy. So uh, we, I was there, I'm walking around, and I'm exhausted by the end of the week, you know, the Friday or something of uh, NRA. So my wife tells me at the hotel room, hey, the bathtub is a jacuzzi also. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I run in, I fill the bathtub up, and of course, you know, being a dude, I just use body wash, and there's bubbles all over the place. <laughs> and while the tub is filling, I drink a, uh, I'm not a real big drinker, I have one, maybe two, period. So uh, I knocked back my first rum and coke and I'm sipping my second one as I climb in. So I'm buzzed up and I go, you know, what would be funny if I take a picture of myself in a bubble bath (laughs) and post it on IG. Nothing bad could happen. Oh, God. So I did. And it was a huge hit. People were laughing. People (laughs) shared it. Because one of the things I do is. You can't take this gun thing so seriously. You're funny, man. You're, you're, you're yeah, funny, dude. Right. For real. Yeah, you have to calm down. You have to take a step back. Tactical Timmies have their place, but most people aren't that. So they want to have a good time with this new thing. So I don't take myself very, very seriously. So I did that. Fast forward till Christmas of what 2019, and um, one of the co-host of uh, Gun and Gear Review podcast. His daughter loves me. His wife said, "Hey, let's get a sticker of Tony in the bathtub." <laughs> and give it to her as a sticker on one of her drink uh, cups. Yeah, cups. So we stick that on the cup, and her dad goes, "What do we do with twenty four other stickers of you?" Because there's a minimum of twenty five. <laughs> I'm like, "When we go to Shot Show, let's hand them out to our friends." <laughs> so we did. Well, before that happened, Aaron Paulette calls me from uh, Pink Pistols and Operation Blazing Sword, which is the largest Second Amendment uh, LBGTQ group in the country she was like tony i'd like to put it on a t-shirt i'm like you're out of your mind who wants to see me in a bubble bath on a t-shirt she was like i'm doing it we split the money between our organizations and it was a huge hit 
and we've been selling those since 2019. It's available on our website at diversityshoot.com. It's Tony Simon says hello from the planet Love Tron. I love it. It is it is great. It is really great. So funny. So and plus I work in corrections, so there's a bunch of sickos in corrections, <laughs> and it's available on everything from pillows to phone cases. I so was these say, dudes man, like they're not handing it out to prisoners, are they? <laughs> these dudes are ordering it and having it sent to each other's homes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so their wives are opening the mail, well, going, "Why is there a pillow with a big black eye on it?" <laughs> In a bathtub. And you're a corrections <laughs> officer. <laughs> oh, my yep. God. So, Tony, listen, we you know, we talked about the diversity stuff. We agree. We are in lockstep here that the Second Amendment community needs to be more inclusive of gun owners from all walks of life. So, mm-hmm. aside from your diversity shoot, in your opinion, what are some ways that the average gun owner can help facilitate that? You know, you're just some guy out there that wants to just help. Someone's listening to this show right now, but they're not Tony Simon. They don't have the diversity shoot. All right, you want to grow the diversity, you can only invite people that are in your circle. Because so many people ask me, well, how do I get black people to join? Well, if you don't know any black people, you can't get black people. <laughs> but, yeah, those days are over. You can't snatch black people off the streets and make them go with you anymore. That's illegal. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have upon. to be friends. It's frowned upon. Yeah, it, it is frowned upon. It, it, it's just bad manners. So you bring your friends to the range. Sooner or later, you'll get to a circle that will have somebody who's not looking like you, whether it's a different religion, whether they're gay, um, whatever it is, get them to come to the range. Welcome new shooters. Get yourself trained a little bit. Not everything your granddaddy taught you is something you really should be teaching somebody. So maybe you take a basic NRA class to learn safety. That's all. Learn safety and how to safely operate a gun and then teach that. That's all. Just just do that and be a responsible gun owner. And then yourself join local Second Amendment groups and become an advocate. You don't have to preach it from, you know, the, the mountaintop, but just be able to converse in an intelligent way and not mean and bumper sticker phrasing. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, like, obviously us doing a podcast, you know, every month, you know, month in, month out is maybe more than a lot of people want to do. Well, it's definitely we, more. And we take a lot yeah. of people, we take a lot of new shooters out. It's We like we do. to do that. Definitely. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But we, yeah, okay. I, I was just going to say, maybe this is more than like the average person wants to do, but, you know, there's people who know way more than me. Yeah. There's people mm-hmm. who shoot way more guns than me. There's people who have way more guns than me. But at least we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're conversing with other people and we're creating inroads right and and we really we're really doing what tony's talking about we 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 focus on safety Mm -hmm. you know and our goal is always to try to get them to ring steel with a 22 at 100 yards Mm -hmm. and if they can do that then they're you know people are hooked you know you hear the sound of that sting you know you hear it you make it easy don't be the guy that introduces somebody to firearms using 44 mag yeah Mm -hmm. don't be that don't be that jerk don't be that Um, oh you can handle it you're a big guy no and don't assume stuff. Don't be that condescending guy. The little lady has to have a pink pistol. Oh, it's the worst. Just be a decent human being. Look at some videos. Find out how other people do it the right way. Introducing people to firearms. Don't make them go if they don't want to go. I've, I've, I've had people come to yeah, my event that got terrified. You know what? I'm not trying to convince you to be pro-gun at one event. Yep. I'm just trying to get you to see people as people. So when you look for the people in your circle, it's people that already know you. You don't want to walk into someone that you don't know well and go, hey, want to shoot a gun? That just sounds like some crazy hitman stuff. No. 
Um, somebody you know already, people you know you can bring it up at the kids' soccer game, depending on your circle, but depending on if it's going to get someone called on you and get you uh, red, red flagged or not. But you know these people, and they know you as the good person you are, the dad that they've seen for the last three years at the kids' game that picks the kids up at school. They know you're not a wacko because they've had conversations with you. Right. right. Leave politics out of it. Yeah, don't go, in, talk, don't, don't go introduce yourself and say, hey, you want to go to the range? Mm-mm. <laughs> Not at all. But when you speak to people, you just speak about the pew pew, the fun it is, um, that kind of thing. Leave politics out of it. No jokes about libtards, mm-hmm. snowflakes. Leave all of that alone. That's something I stress in my event. Don't walk in with your mega hat because we really don't want to uh, cause people to not like you immediately based on the hat you're wearing. Well, that goes back to that. That that goes back to that no middle, you know, like if we don't disagree, if we don't agree on one topic, we don't agree on any, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that's, that's good. That's good advice. And also if you've got a quote history, know it. If you've got a quote history, know the history, know the whole thing. Don't grab bits and pieces, learn the whole story. And and we're not going to win on facts, by the way. We're not no, gonna no, win because there's facts, facts on both sides, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, you know, those, those arguments never really work. Um, how do you, how do you stay motivated, you know, to advocate for the second amendment in a state where it feels like, you know, you we're, lose all the time? we're constantly losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it is so difficult. Some days when you put yeah. a lot of work into it, when you're doing podcasts, when I'm hosting events, when I'm writing articles, when I'm out there and then you show up to testify, you know, I'm testifying in front of Senate, the assembly, and they still vote along party lines and we lose. How do you get, how do you get invited to do that? <clears throat> you invite yourself. Oh Join yeah, your local, really? You, you jo- one way you can find out about it is you have to get into the circle. Everybody goes, I can't be you, Tony. I can't afford to so-and-so. It's free to join everyone's newsletter. Mm-hmm. It's free. And they email blast information out. They email blast it out on every level if it's an active Second Amendment group and not just a meme page online. Learn the difference. And uh, you go out and you testify and you'll be real nervous like the first time I did. I can't tell you a word I said. I did a three-minute speech in front of the New Jersey Assembly. I can't tell you a word I said, but luckily someone recorded it. That was an awesome speech. I had (laughs) (laughs) You surprised yourself. Yeah, I'm like, dang, that boy good. That boy good. You know, I've definitely said that on the show before, too. You know, I'm fortunate to have done quite a bit of lobbying, you know, all the way through high school, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, all the way back through high school. And um, there's 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 probably a picture with me uh, standing next to Hillary Clinton if somebody looks hard enough. But I want to find that. I I, listen. I just didn't know what I didn't know, you know. But anyway, uh, it's easier than you think. Right. Tony? like if you just if you are educated and I don't want to say educated, I started to say that. But if you're well versed in your topic, you have to read. Right. You have to read the whole story like you were talking about. And if you if you do that and and you know you know the facts of what's going on and again I guess I say facts loosely um, you uh, you're gonna be fine and and it and remember these people are just regular people like you and me anyway they put the pants on one leg at a time yeah for sure even more so than that they work right <laughs> well they're supposed right. to they're they're supposed supposed no 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 now they're leaders Tony now they're leaders <laughs> yeah yeah no they're not. <laughs> They work They're a representative. I think that's I'm pretty sure Cuomo was working for himself. <laughs> no, Cuomo was working. <laughs> you ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. <laughs> Listen, it is not harassment just because you're uncomfortable. That's Andrew Cuomo. He said it himself. He did say it. I heard it. 
So Tony, mm-hmm. you, you you know you're talking about all this stuff and advocacy, and like you obviously have a very public persona. You know you're out there. You Google your name comes up, and we're starting to build that ourselves a little bit, even though we're a little camera shy. Um, mm-hmm. Have you found it hard to advocate for the Second Amendment with like all the deplatforming and you know we often see that in social media? But what are some ways that you've dealt with that, or you've tried to maybe prevent deplatforming? Because it's it's listen, it's not just podcast hosts. It's not just people putting on shoots it's the average person that's listening to the show right now who has a viewpoint different than the masses or certain masses i should say how how have you dealt with that you're gonna have to work it. you're gonna have to put in work like a part-time job uh one own the.com get your.com have things go to you that's, that's so let me i don't mean to interrupt you but we just did the website you heard us say about people joining the the, mm-hmm. the mailing list and i keep saying if you're not joining the mailing list, listen, it's not, I, I don't even have anything to sell you. I mean, I'm giving away stickers at this point. I'm not trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. I want, if I get shut down on Instagram, I want to be able to communicate with you. That's why I'm telling people to do it. So I agree that owning that dot com and having your own platform is so important. Very. Um, have every, every one of your Twitter, your Twitter, your IG, whatever, put your name out there and have it all go to your dot com. Post every day again, like it's a, it, it's a second job. Do it like a teenage <laughs> girl. You know what I mean? Like you have stories all day. Uh, you post twice a day, and it doesn't even matter what. Again, if you're a Second Amendment advocate, you can take pictures of guns and have that. Oh, get a secondary account too, by the way. Yeah, right. And and your secondary cannot have. You can do a not firearm secondary because I'm working on that right now, and uh, put that out with quotes from different people with information like, you know, Firearms Policy Coalition, right. SAF, Second Amendment Foundation. Put information out on that one. They might ban that too, but at least it doesn't overtly have firearms on it. Like, work it smart and, and just try to stay out there consistently. Consistency, from the guy that puts out a weekly podcast <laughs> once a month, consistently. Consistency is very sure. important. And that's very important to do. So it's it's work involved. There is nothing easy about being an active Second Amendment. So you just mentioned it. On top of all of this, you're a podcaster as well. So tell our listeners a little bit about your show if if they're already not familiar with it. All right. I'm a podcaster on three different podcasts, but we're going to talk about the Second is for Everyone, a 284E podcast. And we started, my partner and I, pretty much the first year of advocacy, 2016, because there's a lot of BS. We shoot. We're shooters. We even started our own shooting competition called Minuteman Challenge. I saw that. That's cool. And it's just so much garbage out there with YouTubers that are paid to advertise and they don't tell you that. So they're doing reviews telling you how great, you know, the uh, (laughs) Remington R51 is and it's garbage. Or they're telling you how great something else is and you know they didn't shoot it or they shot 50 rounds through it. Now they're telling you it's awesome. So we decided to do our podcast and just tell a lot of the truths that you don't know how good a gun is <clears throat> until you shoot it enough. Cause it could be a bad night's armament. You know what I mean? It, it just, because these are machines. So take your time, get to know your firearm, that kind of thing. You don't have to own the fanciest thing, but you know, it's better to spend buy once cry once, but if you can't afford it, work your way up to it. That kind of thing. Uh, we decided to do the podcast like that and also put out legislative information. Most people don't even know when their primaries are. Yeah. So I did that for a while, just announcing, you know, the primaries for the next two months. 
in multiple states and go, go out and vote. That's where your power is. So that was the point. I have different segments in my podcast from the Mad Minute to, uh, was it Gear Whore? Legislation? Tactical something or other. I forget what I call it. <laughs> but it's like training scenarios, all of that. We talk about it pretty much every That's show. That's awesome. To try to get people... There's different aspects of the firearm community and people are in at different levels. When you buy a lawnmower, you don't buy into the lawnmower lifestyle. You just yeah, get I a tell lawnmower. you, Tony, that Some like, people, and you know, if anyone else there is listening, right? Like I run a podcast. This is not a competitive, at least I don't feel, it's not a competitive field. Go start your own, man. I'll listen to yours if you're out there. You know, tell me about it. I'll listen to yours. But Tony, how much fun mm-hmm. is it? I love podcasts. I it's a lot. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I, I, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm on Firearms Radio Network and again, a gun and gear review podcast and weekly we talk about guns and gear. Um, I'm on the Self Defense Radio Network, um, Self Defense Gun Stories. I'm on that like every seven weeks. They have a different defensive firearm trainer every week and we go, go through four civilian stories of armed self defense what they did right, what they did wrong, what they could have done better. It's awesome being out there. And, if you're knowledgeable and please be right. knowledgeable and give people information and give opinion and let it know it's your opinion and your opinion yep. can change. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not being a flip flopper. You take it in more information. And if you're brave enough, you change your opinion and let people know why you changed it. Yeah, I was wrong. Sorry about that. That's a really, that's a really good point. You know, just cause you say something doesn't mean you're locked in forever, but mm-hmm. it's because you're absorbing information. You're constantly learning and evolving. So yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point. So, listen, I do want to get on to uh, a segment we call Running Gun, but before we do that, where can people find you, Tony? Dot com. Find Tony's dot com. <laughs> you can find me at diversityshoot.com. You can also find me at Simon Says Train on IG. That's pretty much the most active. Facebook at The Second is for Everyone, and Twitter at Second for Everyone. Beautiful. And I have all those linked in the show notes so people can find them easily. If uh, they're driving right now, they don't need to memorize it. It's all there for them. <laughs> So anyway, we do a segment called Run and Gun, Tony, and basically it is a 10-question rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to give me the answer as fast as you can. Keith does time it, and he will tell you how you do on it. So are you down to do that with us? Let's rock and roll. I love it. All right, so here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? High point, 9-millimeter carbine in a high-tower army MBS 95 chassis. What gun would you buy if money was no object? The Largo Arms Alien. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Martin Luther King Jr. Favorite caliber? 12-inch. Favorite hobby, not gun-related? Love that 12 Cigars and bourbon. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? The ability to change people's minds. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Love Tron. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Shotgun. Yeah. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have other have your back other than your spouse? Ursula Williams. Wow. What do you yeah. think? I think that might have been the fastest time. So be honest, Tony. Did you listen to an episode and did you hear people do that already? I've listened to like 20 episodes. Ah! <laughs> Dang, he knew the questions. I, I, it was, it's bound to happen. Yeah. It was no, bound to happen. Very, very well done. Very, very impressed. It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. I'm still impressed by that time. Yeah, it was really good. All right, so on Top Gear tonight, we are going to review a couple of products. Um, I'm going to bow out. 
Keith has a product he wants to review, and then Tony, you are going to review uh, a product as well. So, uh, Keith, why don't you go first? I'm excited because Tony is a shotgun guy, and he's a 12 gauge guy, which is the kind of guy I am. Wait, can I interrupt really quick? I'm so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt yeah. your review. By the way, you said bourbon and cigars. I'm not a cigar guy, but I do love me some bourbon. So, mm-hmm. man, we're close by. Right, man. We, we got to get, get off the love. We got to get off a of love tron here. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> drinking. I'm actually drinking Blade and Bow right now. Nice, man. Nice. So when we when we finally do meet up, we'll have some bourbon together. Excellent. Nice. All right, guy, Keith. So uh, I started reloading shotgun shells uh, um, probably about six months ago, maybe a little longer now, Tony. And um, I wanted to buy every cool gadget for reloading I could possibly find. And along that journey, I ended up with the Mech Supersizer. And what this basically is, it's uh, it resizes the bottom brass of the hull. Uh, the cost is like $150 to $165, depending on the shell gauge. And basically, it's a handheld vise um, that you place the shotgun shell into a holder and pull down on the lever and uh, a bunch of little cool finger crimps at the bottom brass, squeeze it together and resize the bottom brass from, you know, um, bulging after, after shooting it. And uh, I thought I needed this thing. I was like, this is, this is cool. I'm going to need it. I need to, you know, make sure everything's resized. I don't want to mess up my shotgun. And um, I have discovered that it's really only needed if you're reloading uh, for semi-automatic shotguns. I've used it quite a few times already just because I bought it, but uh, I have started to abandon it. So um, uh, because the reason I've abandoned it is if, if you don't need it for a semi-automatic shotgun, which I, I guess I should talk a little bit about that. The reason <clears throat> that they say you need it for a semi-automatic shotgun is the tolerances of the chamber are a lot tighter in a semi-automatic shotgun than they are in a break action uh, you know, over under, like I shoot most of the time. So, um, e- there's no need for me to do it anymore. You know, if it fits in that break action chamber, you know, push it in, jam it in, whatever, close it up, it'll, and you know, you'll be fine. Um, and it also deteriorate, accelerates the deterioration of the hull at the bottom at that brass. It'll eventually start to fracture the brass at the bottom. So instead of being able to reload a hull, maybe, you know, six, seven, eight times, you're only going to be able to reload a hull, a hull four or five times. So question, this is more practical if you shoot a semi-automatic that you're reloading. Yes. But it is, there is a use for it if you have a break, a break action? No, I, I haven't found one. I stopped using it and I haven't had any problems with my reloads and I've probably reloaded, by now I've reloaded almost 2,000 rounds. Okay. Now the product itself, I've seen it, it's built like a tank. Everything Mech makes is built really, really well, and I not I didn't experience that with with this with this product, but I do have a Mech reloader, and it was a used one, and I was missing a part. I called their service line; they are freaking awesome. I mean, they didn't even ask my name, they didn't ask what serial number, they didn't ask anything. They literally were like, oh, "Please hold," and like two seconds, a guy came on the phone and was like, "How can I help you?" And I said, "I got this reloader, and it's not crimping right." And he was like, "Yeah, do this, do this, do this, do that," and Bam, you know it was That's like awesome. it was crazy. He did ask the model, I think, but but nothing else. Um, so your their service is impeccable if you got this thing and and couldn't you know couldn't figure out how to use it. And I would say also if you do need one, I would just buy the upgraded mech reloader. I think the 750, if I'm not mistaken, has a supersizer in it in, okay. in part of the progressive workstation. So it would just be part of the 
partly progressive state, you know, stuff. But if you had a, like you, you have one that doesn't <laughs> If you bought one used and it doesn't have it and you're starting to shoot semi-automatic, you kind of need it. Gotcha. But the downside is you're doing that one station all by itself. So sure. the only thing that I saw as a value with it in the brake action side, even if you're okay with, you know, slight deterioration of your brass, it does help with that inspection step before you start reloading. You know, you really should be inspecting your hulls, yeah. especially after you've started to re reload them three, four, five times. Um, I mean, the first, you know, loading virgin shells, it's like, you know, you take a yeah. quick peek and, <laughs> and move on. But <clears throat> yeah, I found like, I mean, I was looking at it last night, super beefy steel. You can clamp it down like you do with a, with a vice, but mm -hmm. you could also like actually mount it hard. Mount mount it hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's got that big mount beefy handle for you to kind of, you know, get your, handle. get your paws around it. Right. <laughs> How much is it? 150 to 165, depending on the gauge, okay. what gauge size you need. So but, it's got the big Keith stamp of approval. Yeah, big big Keith stamp of approval, especially if you're reloading for semi-automatics. Very cool. All right, Tony, what do you got for us? What I got for you is uh, the High Point 995 9mm carbine <clears throat> mounted up in the High Tower Armory MBS 95 chassis. Now, what it is, of course, is a 9mm High Point uh, carbine, and they have a good reputation of working. Only two people have broken one, myself and Grand Thumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I got it. And I used it for the diversity shoots, and then I started using it for uh, the Minuteman Challenge as a firearm. If you don't have one and we're running pistol caliber carbines, you can come out and shoot mine. So I knew it was dependable because we'd fired thousands of rounds through the one I had and then had another one. And the MBS bullpup chassis came out, so you take the high point, take it apart, all the action in the barrel, you just drop it into the chassis. Tighten the screws up, and all of a sudden you have a bullpup. And it's great because it's ambidextrous. It has a safety like uh, P90, uh, FNP90 submachine gun. It has a safety right there. It has the ejection, just uh, eject the magazine just by pointing your finger forward. That's ambidextrous. And it drops the mags. And because it's a bullpup, it brings all the weight back into your shoulder. Because one thing about a high point carbine is it's front heavy. Well, when you drop this back in your shoulder, throw a red dot on it. I'm taking it to the diversity shoots. And small statue people love it. Women love it because it doesn't seem heavy because it's so well balanced. And now they're shooting a gun that they're comfortable with. And because it's a pistol caliber carbine and nine millimeter, it doesn't have the concussive blast of an AR-15 or, you know, a non-NFA firearm like Troy makes or Darkstone Industry or Modern Materials. With, you Can know, I stop you for one second, Tony? Yeah, go ahead. Question for you. So first off, is this legal in the yes. New Jersey, New York? Yep. It is? 100%. And I've never, I've never actually... Uh, owned or shot a bullpup it's they're a little weird to me yeah um but uh, you enjoy this it, i mean it's not well, obviously you enjoy it it's, you said it's one of your favorite guns it's it's so much fun it turns it up to like an 11 12 wow. <laughs> would it, it would it be good for home defense in your opinion all right i've ran enough rounds through this one again i've only used hollow points because it's a high point it's range gun but it works with high point i mean excuse me it works with Full metal jacket and full metal jacket nine millimeters have been putting people down since 1908. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you want to use it, understand that you have a high point, which is a $300 gun, and you don't have an HK and you don't have an AR. So you're going to have to make sure it's clean and you're yeah. going to have to practice with it and make sure it works like any other firearm. Right. And how to how to you know get rid of malfunction, how to mechanically keep it running. And it's just a lot of fun. It has a mushy trigger because it is a bullpup. Guess what? Get used to it. Shoot it more. <laughs> You'll get used to the trigger. Mm -hmm. It's pretty accurate. Um, out to house distance is 25. Uh, you can 
10 round group covered up with a poker chip. That's how uh, tight it shoots. That's good. Yards. So you're good to go. People love it. The recoil comes directly back in your shoulder because a high point is a blowback action, which means there's a lot of weight moving. And the only thing, you know, slowing it down is the weight of the slide and the spring. Sound, so it sounds like a great way to get into this style gun. And I have children really like shoot it. this gun. Yeah. I have children shoot this gun. Yeah. How much is it? Three hundred. Uh, the chassis itself is about two fifty, and the high point carbine is three hundred. If you live in a free state, unlike the ones we live in, they come <laughs> with a threaded barrel, and you can put a suppressor on it. Now you have a suppressor equipped carbine um, that can shoot subsonics indoors. So if you're going to use it for home defense, it's pretty much a perfect home defense weapon. Again. Take care. Make sure it feeds the ammo you want to use for home defense, and run the thing. If you if you commit a crime in New York, we don't want it to be silent. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Same in Jersey, and we don't want you to have a bayonet bug because those are really <laughs> terrible. A lot of bayonet, so, a lot of bayonet killings going on. Well, ever since ever since Washington chased the Redcoats out of uh, Trenton, <laughs> they've been nervous <laughs> about bayonets. So my my issue is this: there's a lot of gatekeeping in the Second Amendment community. Oh. You only have a poverty pony Anderson. That's garbage. Why do you even own that? You know, spend some real money. You don't own a Glock, then you, you know, you're obviously in a trailer park. And it's just like, calm down, dude. One, everybody doesn't buy every gun for the zombie apocalypse. Now, I think this is a great range gun, and I recommend it for a range gun. For home defense, there's much better firearms you can use. Listen, I don't know about you, but I think any gun will work in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things they all love, acting as if somehow you should have the same thing the military has. Yeah, I'm like, well, if I have the same thing the military has, I'm falling down on the job. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> right. I got to say, like, you know, listen, do I, are there guns that I favor more than others? Of course, of course I do, right? But... It always bugs me because this is the same argument we have, and I'm going to use the term. This is the like the whole FUD argument. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like we got to stop doing this to ourselves. Just because you, Keith, and I break each other's chops, but he's a shotgun guy. He loves mm-hmm. busting clays. That's what he likes. I, I'm not good at it. I don't particularly love it. But there's things I like better. But like I don't deny him his love and his joy because right. I, it's not my thing. Like we got to stop doing this to each other. It's so crazy that we do this in our own community. You know. And the funny thing is, if you go to High Point Forums, one of the things everybody does is list the other firearms they have. High Point isn't the only gun these yeah, people right, have. Exactly. Much like me, uh, you know, Smith & Wesson 686. I have yeah. a Sabre Defense M16A4 clone made with an arrow lower. I have arrow-built guns. I have PSAs. I have CZs. So it's like... What's your nicest I, shotgun? My nicest shotgun? Okay. Nice to me, remember, I started out with yeah, yeah. Uh, surplus. My nicest shotgun is a Remington 870 that was issued to the Ohio National Guard. Oh, that's kind of okay. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it has the Ohio outline of the state with O-N-G on the side, and it's just awesome. Also has the bayonet lug, the sling, all of that. All oh, came cool. together. Yeah, that's cool. So that's my, that's my shotgun. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the shotguns I run, it's, I got a Winchester 1200 with a extension on it so it's plus it's got nine plus one in the chamber and it is so smooth i've taught classes with it i've shot clays with it so yeah i can run that you're in real trouble if you come into my home Uh, i have a turkey shotgun because i wanted to buy an 18 inch barrel for the winchester and they just don't make those and it was cheaper it was 99 dollars at palmetto state armory to buy a pump shotgun (laughs) 
So I purchased it going, what's the worst? Listen, we've all spent a hundred bucks on something. That's yeah, garbage. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? This gun sucks and I ended up throwing it away. Well, I've used it in classes for five years. Wow. It crazy. runs. <clears throat> so that's one of the guns I have. My, my home defense gun is a shotgun only cool. because I live in this state. Yeah. yeah. And if you shoot someone with an AR, they're going to paint you a certain way. But if you shoot them with dad's or granddad's, pump action shotgun that everyone will recognize it's kind of hard to make you into a bad guy yeah. i never i never really thought of it that way yeah, but yeah. A good, good way to put it i definitely would agree with that so tony i want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to us about uh all your efforts in supporting the second amendment as well as all the outreach to basically help others to help grow the community and you know i think the work you're doing is really important and you know as someone who's trying to do the same thing man i can totally uh commiserate with some of the the roadblocks but yeah. I, the fact that you keep Jumping those hurdles, man. I, I really do appreciate that. So it was thank great. You. We're great talking to another podcast. It was a lot of fun, Tony. Thank you. To everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it.